Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is January the 1st. It is 2024. We are starting a brand new year off, a year that should be about accountability. And I already saw you guys, what you missed me saying, what you couldn't lip read me saying was that, uh, yeah, of course, I have just tarnished my chances about being FBI director. I'm not trying to be the FBI director, just so you guys know right up front. I have no interest in it. I don't think Dan Bongino has interest in it. I don't know if Cash has interest in it. I don't know if anybody wants to do that job. It sounds awful. I love all the thumbs up. If you guys are watching us on Rumble.com, give us a thumbs up. That's what you missed earlier as well. Uh, Rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you're watching anywhere else, please join us over on Rumble. We'll get this stuff done. That's how the chat tells me what's going on. They keep me track. Guys, this meme that we've started with, which let's just throw it on there. We'd be foolish. And I'm not interested in trying to change your mind about voting for a Donald Trump under any circumstances. I don't care. I assume that everybody will. Like everyone's going to vote for the Trump or the DeSantis, uh, the Nobody listens to the show and listens and wants Nikki Haley, but whatever. The people who want to vote in that primary, and I'm very confident, as I said months ago, that Donald Trump will be the guy. Why? Because they indicted him. Because they chose him as the enemy, the deep state, the administrative state, the people that are out working against Donald Trump feverishly, which we are going to cover in detail today. Those people very much are terrified of Donald Trump. And that in and of itself is enough to say, yeah, Donald Trump is going to be the guy. The Republican base will make it so. But I'm not trying to change your mind about Donald Trump. The meme and the uh, almost a million views yesterday of all the different tweets that I had out there, the only things that I am trying to do is change the mind, not of you, about Donald Trump, but of Donald Trump about the FBI. That's what I want to talk about, okay? I'm not trying to change your mind. I am trying to change his mind, and I will use this platform if necessary and all the platforms that I have to push it out there in the public. And I'm going to get long form into why that is and why I believe there is a significant failure. You have a lot of faith in the people surrounding Donald Trump. I have far less faith in those people. And we're going to talk about why. Okay, let's do that. Let's start off with, though, this uh, this program is brought to you by Catholic Vote. They're my friends over at CatholicVote.org. And, and here's the other thing. Look at what they are about, right? America's top Catholic advocacy group. You can get the loop. They don't have a loop out today. What they do have is they're leading the fight for faith, family, and freedom. This is also going to be part of today's show. Faith, family, freedom in that order. Faith is faith in God. Family are the people that you love and that you surround. Your blood and the and the friends that you've chosen, the family that you choose for yourself. Freedom is America as a, as a third. We have to start in that order. And if you're going to cede sovereignty, if you're going to cede your belief in a higher power to another human being, I'm going to just let you know you're going to be disappointed. My friend Dan Bongino said it with Tucker the other day. He said, don't fall in love with politicians. You should be interested in outcomes. That's all I care about. All right. Um, Catholic Vote, you can check them out. They support us. You can give to them on the top right-hand side. There's a give button there. It is in green. You guys can give a one-time or a multi-time or a recurring gift if you'd like to support them. If you're Catholic, great. If you're not Catholic and you're interested in what they're about, this is not the Catholic Church. This is not a Catholic um, organization other than the people in it are Catholic and they probably believe the same things you do. And they actually don't like a lot of the stuff in the church that's going on that upset them. So just be aware 
be aware that if you want to support that, you're not supporting a church somewhere. That's not what it is. They are a nonprofit, but not a church. Okay. All right. Trump may not care what I think, but you guys should be interested in making sure that Trump gets on board. Let's throw this up on the screen. Let's talk about it. What do we see here? This was a meme generated by Suspendables. Suspendables who have far more experience in the FBI, combined experience and even individual experience than Donald Trump does. Why? Because we were there. There's only so much you're going to see when you're an executive. Anybody who's ever seen a dog and pony show, some of you guys have been in the military, you know what I'm talking about. The, the commanding general comes through. You get a colonel that's coming through. He's going to do an inspection of the base. He comes and he sees all the things. Oh, these are our units. Look how many bombs we have. Look how many wonderful medics we have. Look at all these vehicles. They're all bright and shiny. Everybody did all the polishing. Look at our barracks. The barracks look fantastic. When you are dealing with a dog and pony show, you don't get the real truth. You're not going to hear things. You're not going to see things. You're not going to know what's actually going. And that's why it's really important that people at the ground level give it to you. When they have, sometimes they'll get NCOs. You'll get NCOs that'll come in and talk to the commander one-on-one, -on -one, lower level enlisted guys. They will give them what we would call the ground truth. They will share them the information with them. That is the most important because it's what the troops on the ground are seeing, and that is intrinsically more accurate than the people who are in the high-level strategic command positions. Donald Trump got a strategic command position view of the FBI. He heard whatever it was they were saying, whenever they wanted him to know it. But did he see the real FBI, the ones that Steve Friend and Garrett O'Boyle and myself all got to see? I can assure you no. He didn't get to sit in a, in a skiff day in and day out for 10 hours a day and see what kind of conversations were being had, what kind of sentiment was being had, what sort of thoughts and ideas were being exchanged between frontline agents and frontline analysts who were doing the work, not of criminal investigations. Actually, nobody should really care that much. Criminal investigations are not a threat to any of you. It's just not. Criminal investigations are not dangerous to the American people. Intelligence investigations are. Let's read what Trump wrote. I'm going to read it out to you and tell you why I am so concerned about this. And you should be pushing your candidate for president to not make you make excuses for him. You don't have to like what I'm saying. What you have to do is decide, is it intrinsically reasonable? Do I have bad motives? I'm not a DeSantis guy. I'm not a Nikki Haley guy. I'm not a Chris Christie guy. I don't care if Vivek wins. I don't actually care about any of these candidates. I'm not interested in candidates. I'm only interested in outcomes. I'm interested in accountability and that this country doesn't fall off the cliff. So here's what Donald Trump wrote. It's very straightforward. Quote, the FBI headquarters should not be moved to a faraway location, but should stay right where it is. Here's the problem. In a new and spectacular building, in the best location in our now crime-ridden and filthy, dirty, graffiti-scarred capital. Okay? First of all, the FBI headquarters was voted to go to Maryland. That's not a faraway location. That's a short drive. Everything in the national capital region is accessible. Doesn't matter if it's Maryland. Doesn't matter if it's Virginia. For what it's worth, the people in the FBI didn't want it to go to Maryland. That was a Biden administration push. The folks in the Bureau wanted it to go to Virginia. And they actually already have a big base of operations in Virginia as well. It's in Manassas. It's called the um, the Northern Virginia Resident Agency. Okay. It's really important to know that. Second, it says they should be involved in bringing back DC, not running away from it, especially the violent crime. This indicates to me that he has a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is the FBI does, which we are going to talk about. The FBI is not 
a law enforcement agency. So violent crime is not a priority of the FBI. It never has been. And it, it's probably not going to be in the next like in the last 10 years. It has not been something that they've been interested in. And it's slowly been getting there over the last 20 years. Listen to any of the discussions I've had with George Hill. The people like Steve Friend, who actually worked on violent crimes, are considered anomalies. They are less interesting. There was one squad that handled violent crime in Washington, D.C. for the Washington field office. And the FBI's headquarter building has zero to do with whether or not there will be investigations into violent crime in the Capitol and in the Capitol region. It's not what the FBI does. It's certainly not at the headquarters level. Okay? That's part one. He said, an important part of my platform for president, he is telling you what the platform is, is to bring back, restore, and rebuild Washington, D.C. into the quote-unquote crown jewel of our nation. Everybody is telling me he's being facetious, he's being uh, sarcastic. Is that even possible? He just told you. This is an important part of the platform. It's not a bad idea that D.C. should not suck. But nobody has done it in the last 75 or 80 years. And it's an awfully big ask. It's also something that is probably outside the purview of, one, the FBI, and two, more importantly, the president. I don't think he can change that. We will make it crime-free and great again. This is Trump lingo. This is Trump saying the things that he thinks. And I don't have any doubt that he believes that and that he wants that. It's not a bad thing to want. It's just not achievable by putting an FBI headquarters in, in D.C. The FBI should not be fleeing for safer yet much less convenient environs. We should make it where they are now in the safest place on earth. Don't move the FBI. All right. So, you all, my friends. Ah. There's so much to unpack there, but what he just said, I don't think he's making it up. And if you think that you're making excuses about Donald Trump and that he didn't know what he was saying or he's saying it to troll the left, like that is an honest and a, and a reasonable appeal from a person who is reasonable if they don't understand the FBI. So my attack is not on anybody. It's on trying to educate. What it says is that we've failed to explain what is going on, what the FBI really is and what the FBI is not. The FBI, under no circumstances, should be thought of as a law enforcement entity that is not the primary focus they even tell you that there is a document that tells fbi agents how they can engage in investigations it's called the diog okay the diog is the domestic investigations operations guide it is set out through the attorney general's guidelines and part number one of the diog says fbi as intelligence agency it is the primary focus it's the reason that every one of my business cards when i first got them said uh km seraphin at IC, intelligence community, .fbi.gov. It's in the IC. It's part of the intelligence community, and they desire to be part of that because they are run overwhelmingly now by intelligence analysts. They are taking agent jobs, things that have always been for gun and badge toters, and they are replacing those jobs with people who are intel analysts, who are Ivy League grads, who are just like the same people that you saw in Maine and in the Supreme Court over in Denver, these people are interested in running the country based on fiat because they think it's a democracy and they in, they know what the will of the people is and they're going to go out there and do it as opposed to a constitutional republic with limited powers and checks and balances. That's the way that these people think. They believe that they know what's right for you. You're a moron. You don't know. They're educated and let them help you. And that's what the FBI is seeking out to do. That's why it has outcomes that it's trying to do. That's what intelligence agencies do. They take information and they use that for power. Law enforcement entities look at the scope of the law, decide what their authorities are. That should be the number one question. Somebody who says, hey, Kyle, go lock that guy up. Okay, what are my authorities? 
Under what circumstances am I able to put that person in cuffs? What are we going to do when we want to press charges? How are we going to bring those charges? And does this person meet the burdens of probable cause and all the authorities that I'm supposed to meet? There are bars before I can go and take your freedom. That is not how intelligence works. It is not how intelligence people think. And that is the biggest danger. You cannot treat them like something they are not. And they have already told you who they are. And Donald Trump, of all people, should know that. He should know that starting in 2015, the FBI engaged in a full-scale operation against him, and they did it all the way through his presidency to include lying, okay, in front of the FISC. And then still, he wants to keep them in D.C. This is the danger. When people are working for the FBI, I'm going to go on a long-form tangent here, so just bear with me. When people work in D.C. for the FBI, the ones that want to stay and become part of the permanent management class that many of you think are the real problem, there's a lot more than that that are the problem, let me assure you. But those, those people that want to be part of it, my boss, my first boss was one of these people. She bought an apartment in D.C. She bought a, actually it was in Alexandria, but she bought herself a townhouse so that she could live in the area. And from then on out, D.C. and the D.C. area was her permanent Resonance. She was assigned to other places. She never moved herself. She never had family. Most of these people, the ones that are the most scary to me, are women. They have no children. Sometimes they're married. Usually they just have a dog or a cat. And they have married themselves to the FBI. The suspendables will all tell you that when you meet them. The so-called girl bosses or babe boss culture in the FBI is the most toxic group. They will marry themselves to the FBI. They will move to the place where the FBI lives, which is D.C., and then what they can do is they can bounce like a ping pong ball back and forth between the Washington field office where I was stationed and the Hoover building, which is headquarters. They're about five or six minutes away from each other, bouncing back and forth between those. Because every time that you move from headquarters to the field, field to headquarters, theoretically, you're supposed to see a new part of the world, have some new experiences, meet some new types of people, and bring that to headquarters or to the field accordingly. When you have an echo chamber, a circular little area like that, where they bounce between a five-minute walk, you only have Washington Field, Mini Headquarters, and the actual headquarters building. Keeping that close by in the same region where they never have to move and they never have to pick up and there's no sacrifice involved for these folks to just ratchet their way up to the top of the FBI, that's the single most dangerous thing. And it's dangerous to you, the American people. Because now you are letting a very closed circuit loop of people in the intelligence community become the most powerful people who also have law enforcement authorities in America. I cannot say it any more simply. That's it. That's why Trump cannot let it stay there. And here's the other piece of it. It will cost money to redo the Hoover building. I've been in the Hoover building. It's fine. You could be there for three decades. In fact, many of you, it is nicer than your offices, I assure you. They have wonderful outdoor gyms. They've got all kinds of things. Is it a hideous, stupid, weird building? Yeah, of course. Okay. Does it have dreary hallways like every single government agency? Of course it does. Yes. It's not nice. It's government. It's never going to be nice. Washington Field is a crap hole too. It was built in the 90s and it's like, mm, it's just a square building. There's no character or love to it. When you walk around, they have, you know, stupid tables that are stacked up for no particular reason. They've got conference rooms that are full of crappy chairs that are broken, just like every government building. That's not a good reason to build a multi-billion dollar headquarters. They already have a new one. And the new one is in Huntsville, Alabama. The most important thing about Huntsville, Alabama, beyond the fact that the taxpayers have already put $2.5 billion into a facility there and have created an area where the FBI can set their headquarters building. The most important thing about it is there is no FBI field office of note. There is no Washington field office next door to it where they can ratchet each other back up to the top ranks. 
That's why it's so important because moving people out of DC and getting the lowest level in the thing, we just talked about enlisted people giving you the truth. Imagine if the truth you heard as the FBI director, as the assistant uh, director of any of these programs, as the executive assistant director, the top tier, the seventh floor, when they go down and have coffee, they're surrounded by secretaries and other leftist intel people and support personnel. They're called MAPAs. There's all these different names for them. What do they do? They live in the DC area. They rely on the government for their paycheck. They believe the government is the solution to most of their problems because it's always been where they worked. They have almost no skills. They sit there and they change the culture of the FBI from headquarters, which is in a swampy, horrible place. All right. It's quite simple. When you change the pool of people that are at the Starbucks, that are sitting in all the cafeteria spaces, that are making the chatter that goes around in the hallways, you are actually going to change the way that the Bureau works. And when you don't give people an outlet to move to D.C. permanently for 25 years to be ne'er-do-wells and destroy this country as an intelligence organization that doesn't care about the law enforcement end of it and certainly doesn't seem to care about the Constitution, they've proven this to you, then that is the real danger. He has to move it out and you have to send it to either a Huntsville. I don't care if you send it to um, uh, Ohio. I don't care if you send it to Iowa. There's lots of cool places. Nebraska, Omaha would be good. Anywhere that is away from that circular crap power sucking group of people in D.C., because those people are living inside of an echo chamber. If you've never been inside the Beltway around D.C., you don't know. I'm just going to tell you, it was the worst five years professionally that you could spend, but it was the most educational for me. And the only thing I talked about from the time we got there until we finally moved was that we wanted to move out. This place was terrible. And when I finally left, which was in 2021, I was fairly confident that some of the suburbs there could be easily overrun by BLM rioters and other stupidity. There is so much grift going on in that circle, and even in the outer bullseyes outside of the Beltway that are just around surrounding areas of the Washington, you know, D.C. National Capital Region. There's a reason why that song hits home for you, the rich men north of Richmond. It's all north of Richmond, okay? That place is toxic, and it brings toxicity to it that is now rotting out the FBI. You don't water a tree that you are eventually going to hang from. You don't make that tree stronger and bigger. You cut it. Donald Trump needs to switch out the water for acid or he needs to swatch out the watering can and get himself an ax and cut that thing down. That should be the statement. And here's the most important thing. You shouldn't have to make excuses for the guy ever because he should be saying the same thing that is amenable to you. How many of you want to see the FBI defunded? Think about it. Now, if your guy that you are running are saying is going to be president, that you think should be president, if he's not saying that same thing, why? Is he going to convert people on the political left? Do you think there's any chance? I'm going to tell you what CNN has to say about it. You're not going to move people that are on the left, the center left or otherwise, to vote for a Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. He's not going to do it. But he wants so desperately to be liked that he's willing to say that maybe? Is that what's going on there? That's not a good reason, folks. So pushing the people that you want to represent you is the right answer. And accepting everything they do as possible gospel, and he has a 4D chess plan, is foolishness. Here's the scariest part, and I'm going to give you the last little piece here. I've talked to Trump investigators that are working on his defense. They are trying to keep the man out of prison. I am 100% amenable to that, and I will give them, I've given a lot of my free time to talking to them, to sharing connections with them, because this is what I do all day long. It's, there's no pay in it. It's just because I care. I don't want to see Donald Trump in prison. I would much prefer him sitting back at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I don't have to love Donald Trump to know that Donald Trump is the better answer. But what's really important is this. The investigators that are surrounding him, that are trying to keep him safe, don't know most of the stuff that my audience, that you know, 
and have known for the last year. That should really concern you. It scares the hell out of me. I'm sharing connections with them with George Hill. They've never heard of George Hill. They don't know what he knows. I'm sharing connections with other inside whistleblowers that you guys haven't heard of, and they're sharing stories and documents that are a big deal. We're talking to people like Saul Greco, who understands the way the NYPD works and can actually probably help dismantle things like what's going on with Alvin Bragg and Letitia James. Why are those things that they don't know? Why am I the one bringing it to them? That should scare you. They don't have the ultimate plan, and they've got this locked up. This is a fight, and that's why there can be absolutely no error there's no room for error in 2024. And the error is saying that we're going to help the FBI and give them more. That is not an acceptable choice. And that is why I will fight it. And I will I will engage the smallest accounts all over social media and individually educate people as needed. It's not because I'm being emotional about it. It's because I have a very clear picture of it. And I worked with these people. And they are not interested in this country. They're interested in themselves. They're selfish. They're not good people. They don't care about where, where the power comes from. They're interested in power. So take that for what it's worth. Understand that the place that I'm coming from there is an interest in my kids living in an America that is closer to what I lived in and not this nonsense, whatever is going on where we just don't get it. All right, let me cover some sponsors. That, that is my impassioned plea to you. If you don't understand why that is, go back and watch it again a couple times. It's important for them to get it. It's important for you to demand that from the people that are going to be representing you in an elected capacity. All right, speaking of people that get it, these are my friends over at Patriot Coolers. Check them out. I've got one on the desk right now. Actually, this one comes back. I bought this thing in 2017. I've been holding on to this for a long time. This is the one from my wife's. It's just a plain stainless. I like that it has 50 stars on the bottom of it. It's got the, uh, the 13 bars here. Set up, says Patriot on it. Good tool, lasts for a long time. Like I said, I've had it for over six years now. Uh, is that right? Yeah, over six years. Check out PatriotCoolers.com. You can use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. It's 10% off. They jumped in when our audience was small, when we had 3,000 people following this channel. So we appreciate them. They seem to get it. They're on board with supporting what we're doing right here. If you guys want to support them and if you're looking for it, one of the things that you can do in the new year too is kind of streamline your life. If you've got like a bunch of mixed megs, you know, Get yourself down to, to what makes sense. These are good survival tools. These are also just good long-term use tools. Like I said, I've got six years on that one right now. It's still going strong. PatriotCoolers.com. Promo code is Kyle. If you spend 50 bucks, you can just get like two coolers uh, or rather two um, tumblers will pretty much meet that threshold and you'll get free shipping. So that's pretty cool. They do offer a military discount. It's the same as using our promo code. So you don't have to be in the military to get the same deal they do, but they do support military veterans. Make sure you're using our code if you want to support our show. They track the sales out of it. So the promo code, more than anything else, tells them that we're sending them your way. Again, promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, 10% off at patriotcoolers.com. You can follow them on social too. They're at Patriot Coolers. Tag them if you buy something. Uh, tag me too. I dig that. Okay, folks, should we get into it a little bit deeper? Let's go into this in the next round. Let's talk about what's going on out there. Like, there's some things that are trying to be hidden up. There's some big, big stories that are going to break this in the next couple of weeks. And there's already some advanced indications that some very powerful people are on it. So you should look for distractions left and right. They're going to try to distract. Why? Because Jeffrey Epstein's client list is supposed to be released in the next few days. That seems like that's something that would be dominating the news cycle. And it should. But instead, what we have is kind of like the silliness of talking about whether or not we're going to back up a already corrupt FBI. It says it uh, could include bankers and ousted CEOs. There's an indication that number 36 on the list is supposed to be Bill Clinton. There's some other things that are kind of left out there. What's the story? It's a U.S. district judge. She's issued a 51-page order saying that that needs to be unsealed. 
And uh, and there's going to be some clues. There's supposed to be like 180 John Doe's and Jane Doe's who were previously unknown coming out of the uh, the Maxwell trial or lawsuits rather. And the problem is, is like if you don't know the names of the people, you don't have standing to sue them. If they are if they are redacted names, you're not going to be able to see who they are. So this is what they're trying to do here. Um, allegations include people who are alleged victims, which is also helpful to help kind of put people together and give them some validation. And then also, of course, the people who probably attended his uh, private island or the mansion in New York, Florida. He also had a place, I think, in uh, New Mexico, which is always weird that people have used that place to kind of get away from a lot. But New Mexico is a good place to hide things, it turns out. So um, there's a number of uh, photos. If you want to go to Fox News, you can cover, check out their coverage. They've got the uh, all the Jane Doe's. They're just listed as Doe's, not uh, Jane or John. And they have multiple different sort of instances. They blocked out pictures, but they've got apparently... Uh, They've, they've got the goods on this guy. The question is, is what will be done in order to cover it up and hide it? And the answer is, um, if we, based on what's been going on right now, we've seen people trying to interrupt all kinds of information or uh, protests are going on that, that have no business going on in this country. They don't really make sense. They don't fit American values. They're a fringe minority of things. But just remember what happened in 2020. They decided to do the same exact thing. They had civil unrest in the streets, and it was all trying to distract from the fact that, you know, otherwise... Donald Trump did a pretty good job for the first, let's say, three quarters of the football game and was able to be completely overrun by events, overcome by circumstances that happened between COVID and the BLM riots and all the other wild things that nobody knew how to handle. My hope is that these people have looked at it and said, look, this was the game plan that was run against us and we need to basically just like stick to the fundamentals. It's like every other game. When things start getting complicated, you stick to fundamentals, you handle your economy, you make sure that you're doing the job that people have asked you to do. Is he ready to do that? I hope so. He's older. He's more tired. He's got a lot of distractions. So removing some of these distractions and not paying any lip service to an FBI would be on the top of my list. I don't want to, I don't want to be on the wrong side of these people. What I want them to be is on the right side of us, the American people. So for whatever that's worth, guys, uh, consider that. Let's also talk about something that did not get very much coverage, but one of my buddies who's an FBI agent actually sent this along and it came from Catholic Vote, so we should talk about it as well. Um, really, really awful story just after Christmas was breaking, and uh, we didn't cover it uh, last week, which is our own fault. But uh, Muslim terrorists killed approximately 150 Nigerians. There were multiple attacks going on from the day before Christmas Eve all the way until Christmas, specifically targeting Christian villages and homes on Christmas Eve. There's an organization called Truth Nigeria. It's reporting that these terrorists began attacking Christian homes in various different villages in the Central Plateau State starting at night. Uh, it was small fishing villages. They were doing their devotionals. They were finishing up the evening uh, prayer and celebrations. And the majority of the villagers were sleeping by the time the terrorists came in and opened fire. As I understand it, this is Boko Haram. It doesn't see it doesn't seem to be quoted right here specifically the group, but that's what I've heard it reported otherwise. Um, the attacks, quote unquote, the attacks believed to be driven by a land grab and ethnic displacement, and forced thousands of residents to evacuate their home amidst gunfire. That doesn't seem like a real good thing. You don't hear our president speaking out about that. And whenever we don't speak out about atrocities, what are we saying? We're not interested, maybe. Maybe we're too busy with something else. Maybe we're just not interested in covering the story because of the victims. That seems to be the case. There is a strange anti-Christian bent that is happening right now in our federal government. You guys are not foreign to it. We've seen it for the last year. It's one of the big breaks that we brought to you guys. And I do think it's a big problem. And when I say a big break, I mean, we're talking about like even the FBI openly targeting a, a faction of people who are Christians, Latin mass Catholics. But the reasons they were willing to attack them was not because of some obscure 
text or some reason the Vatican was really interested in, in shutting down Latin mass, what they said was is that the the views that they hold, which are likely the same views you hold about abortion and about the borders and about the you know LGBTQ agenda that's being pushed by the government, if those things are a problem, then they're a problem not just for Latin mass Catholics and not just for Catholics in general. They are a Christian problem, which seems to be the case, and they also seem to fit most conservatives who are secular. Because if you think that open borders is a problem, which I think most of us probably do, especially what we're seeing right now with record numbers coming in in December. We don't have the final numbers on December yet, but the number of encounters there set, they broke every record that's ever been for the US government for the Border Patrol. They're absolutely smashing these guys, guys and gals who are down on the border trying to do their job. And they don't seem to be too worried about that, do they? So if you disagree with that, obviously you're the problem. It opens up the uh, recruitment. And what they said is that if you are a Latin mass Catholic, you're likely to be recruited to go to a white supremacist group. If they think that Catholics who like Latin mass are likely to be recruited for that, you're going to be on that same list too. I just talked to a couple of people, faces and names that you might know yesterday who called me and asked me, hey, are we being targeted? And the answer is that yeah, probably, but can they do anything about it? Not necessarily because they are an intelligence agency and there's no real criminal likelihood that you're going to be investigated. They're probably just digging on everything. So just keep yourself straight and narrow. But we should not be afraid of our government right now. We shouldn't have a former president who's afraid of our government. I'm sorry, I can't keep, I, I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to this because it's the same story over and over again. If the government is not focusing on the priorities of the people, the government is the problem. We already sort of know that, but like, let's, let's own it. Let's own what that looks like. Let's own why that is the real problem. And let's just accept that we need to demand that the people who are going to go represent us also understand it and are willing to be aggressive and strong and do things the right way. Um, we talk about the, the what's, what's coming at us. Let's kind of, uh, let's talk about, first of all, who's in charge of it. Let's look at this guy. This is from New Year's Eve last night. I'm going to give you a little bit of levity. Take a deep breath. This is the president of the United States, supposedly. He barely can talk. And these are the hard-hitting questions. This is him being broadcast over the top of Times Square. Everything about this is an embarrassment, but you guys can touch it. Here we go. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've eaten <laughs> pasta, which I love. Yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. Uh, I've been eating the pasta and the chocolate chip ice cream and the... Like, this dude sounds like somebody in a nursing home. This is the conversations my mom has with her mother, who has dementia and doesn't remember what's going on and lives in a nursing facility. And it's like, oh, what did you eat last night? Oh, what are you going to eat tonight? Do you want to get the pasta or do you want to get the uh, the veal? Do you want to? I mean, these are inane conversations of people that are not. And you're going to tell me that this guy's going to be able to handle situations of Christians being killed around the world, that he's going to be able to... Uh, keep track of Palestinian protesters that are stopping the streets in major cities in the United States. I mean, I get that it's probably part of the whole plan is to just fail dramatically and show everybody that like they don't care. He's obviously not doing things down at the border, but I'm constantly shocked by how weak and frail and the, and the inane conversations. By the way, these are the exact same conversations that the director of the FBI had when he came out to field offices. They would ask him things like, do they recognize you when you go to the grocery store and go shopping? And he's like, whoa, uh, hey, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream, sir? Can you imagine you get a few seconds with the boss and your questions are just like puff and fluff? No substance. There's no reason for introspection. 
at the bureau and there doesn't seem to be any introspection going on in the democrat party they have to realize that like young people hear that and they must just get disgusted by it but that being said um the people who are also doing the work they're they're real believers we played this uh last week we played at the end of the week i want to play this one more time for you because i want you to set up there's two little video clips that came out of this woman named shana bellows she's the secretary of state in maine Number one, listen to the tone of her voice. She's got to be close in age to me. I don't know how much younger she is, but she doesn't look like she's that much younger, especially for like her position. But I could do without any volume or without any uh, words. If I didn't understand any words and I just listened to tone, I would despise this person. I despise the way she talks. Every single one of these leftists all sound the same. They all are up talking, millennial, ideological, believe in their own sort of nonsense, bought their own hype garbage. And it is, it is really crazy to hear it. So here is MSNBC puffing her up, how she's so brave and she's defending democracy. Whenever you hear that, it should also make your, your hackles stand up. We don't have a democracy. We never have. But they're all talking about democracy. They always do. And then we're going to talk about her connections, which was just put out by Jack Poso a couple days ago. So here we go. Again, Shana Bellows, Secretary of State. It's a very detailed decision. Uh, we lay out uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, we also, I rather, um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, I have to say, not only is this an incredibly important decision, but it's a very brave decision. Uh, the Trump campaign has, has already come out attacking you. Uh, they have said that you are a, a virulent leftist and a hyper-partisan Biden-supporting Democrat. First and foremost, it's important to know, my oath to the Constitution, my obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision and did not. I'm duty bound to both hold a hearing and make a ruling. And under the law, there's a very compressed timeline uh, in evaluating this. Uh, I came to the conclusion that I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the United States Supreme Court to make a de decision, uh, the main law required me to issue that decision, which I did today. I smiled because we were number one in voter turnout per capita in 2022. We are really proud of that. And we have a really strong framework of election laws that encourage citizen participation. Uh, we have same-day voter registration. We have no excuse absentee voting up to 30 days prior to election day. Uh, we uh, make it really easy to register to vote, to cast your ballot, and know your ballot will be counted. And we're really proud of our national leadership in voter participation and citizen engagement in elections and in the democratic process. So she's so proud of their, of their high turnout, and the fact that they have such a high number of people per capita in Maine that show up to participate in the democratic process of electing a representative that they cannot allow a Donald Trump on the ballot. And she's, you know, she's happy about that. And obviously, if you notice the way she said it, either, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, a little, little sneaky smile in there breaks in. Nothing like uh, MSNBC giving the puff there. 
telling her how brave, she's so stunning and brave, and her sing-song stuff. If you thought the sing-song in that was a problem, man, what I got for you next is going to really uh, blow your socks off. She couldn't wait for the Supreme Court. She's not a lawyer, which I don't think lawyers are the only people who can who can adjudicate or look at law and decide whether it's accurate, but she's not. She has no experience in that. What does she have experience in? She has experience at the ACLU, a left-wing activist group. She has experience like this Zoom call. Listen to the voice on this. If the sing-songy stuff got you before, this one is worse. And uh, Secretary Bellows would love to hear about your thoughts on like our biggest threats facing uh, our democracy at this point in time. Well, what Secretary Griswold just said and named is something that was unimaginable two years ago or 10 years ago, and that is election sabotage. It is a crystal clear example of what's happening all across the country. So we need to organize to make sure we have better leaders in positions of power to fight back against that. Uh, Secretary Benson talked about uh, voter suppression and that's something that when we started our careers at the ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center, it's fighting back about systematic, structural voter oppression, targeting specifically black and brown voters. It's rooted in white supremacy. That is something we have to continue to do work on. And Secretary Merrill talked about the For the People Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. We must have federal standards all across the country. And then finally, just to echo my colleagues, this is rooted in a deliberate and organized campaign to discourage people from participating in our democracy. It is an attack on our very democracy itself because when everyone participates, everything that we care about, social justice, climate justice, economic justice, we win. Those on the other side are trying to discourage people from participating. That's what this really is about. We have to fight back to protect our democracy, to protect everything. We have to protect the democracy by making sure that people don't have a choice for who they want to elect. We cannot allow the choices that we have predetermined are bad to be involved in our democracy, in our elections. And that's how we get climate justice and racial justice and whatever other bullshit justice she just said. Uh, the sing-songiness of that, yes. When she's around her buddy, she lets it slip a little bit. Those are all her ACLU activist friends. They're activists. They're not They're not interested in um, the, the way that America is supposed to work. They don't have any interest in a representative democracy. What they're interested in is activism. She's an appointed person. She's not elected in that role. And so she had to step in and do that. She comes directly out of a left-wing think tank and group that does lawfare, right? Now she's in there doing the same thing. She's actually in a policymaking decision. And her job is to make sure that Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot because it's dangerous for democracy for the people to have a choice. Just the the, the stunning and um, shocking logic of that actually makes my brain hurt over and over again. It makes me hurt even more than listening to that woman talk. Like I said, the up talk at the end there, we used to call that like the Valley Girl thing in the 80s. And then I, and, and, and like we didn't listen to a Valley. If you heard a Valley Girl talk, you'd be like, I don't know what you said, but none of it mattered. I know that none of it was important. That was the joke about Barbie. That was the Barbie joke. It's like, okay, you can talk and you're pretty and we're not going to listen to you. We don't really care about what the words are coming out of your mouth because we can hear in the tone of it that they're not going to be of a significant value. And, and if you want to be taken seriously, speak like a serious person. This woman couldn't do it. She can't do it at all. It's very strange. Let me cover one more sponsor real quick, and then I'm going to get into what CNN said are the big takeaways for this coming year. And you're going to see why these are all kind of connected here. Like I said, there's a reason why I'm concerned about what the Trump administration or the Trump campaign knows and doesn't know. 
And these guys are not going to give him any ground. You can look at CNN, which is as close to the center of the left. You know, they're not the fringe like that guy who said stunning and brave, but they're equally bad. And we're going to get into it in just a second here. Uh, let's do preparedness. If you guys are not, this is the time. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Four Patriots, the number four Patriots.com slash Kyle. Check out their website. Go to the emergency preparedness deals. Get yourself set up for something. Whatever's coming, you should be prepared to be able to handle curveballs, uh, whether they be a sort of interruption in food, in uh, in water, and in your your uh, electrical. You want to make sure all those things are. So you have power, food, water, you're warm. You have uh, things that are going to sustain you with calories, and you can see where the heck you're going. Check out for the number four patriots.com slash Kyle 72 hour survival food, 30 bucks. That's pretty easy. You can put it pretty much anywhere you need it and uh, you can stash it and then you can run around and make sure that you are not going to die of hunger. And I assure you that anyone who's ever gone for a couple days without eating, and if I've done it both in the military and I've done it after the military, it makes your decision-making just a little bit nastier. You're going to be a little bit more miserable to deal with and uh, having some calories can offset that. In fact, one of my buddies, who just like TACP was a TACP was telling me he was doing a land nav course one time. And he got to the point where he was just so frustrated with trying to find his point and what he was doing. And the terrain was not agreeing with him and all the things he said, every time that happens, I realize I need to take a knee hydrate. That's what they always tell you in the military and uh, eat a cookie, eat a lemon bar, right? Have a little pity party. Woe is me. And then you, Put your pack back on and you start humping it back over the top of that mountain and you get to your point. You get to where you need to go. Uh, having that little break and a little burst of either sweet calories or salty calories or whatever it is that's going to keep you from being just kind of hangry and, and grumpy. It uh, it can make a big difference and it can change the way the mission rolls. So keep yourself hedged against that. Fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. And they've got water purifiers and some other things you guys can look into. A couple, couple different ways to go about it, but make sure you are not finding yourself in the lurch because this is going to be, I think, a year that is quite lit. Like I said, it's nothing. It's nothing but weird stuff going on out there. And let's talk about how ugly it is. How about this? What's at stake? This is this is uh, the CNN main page from their politics today. What is at stake? I'm going to read a lot of it to you because a lot of it is important. It's Stephen Collinson. He's my favorite. Love this guy. This was published at midnight. It just went out there. What's at stake? Let's open it up with just a, a totally mellow, easy... America and the world could look glaringly different by January 1st, 2025. That's not ominous. They're not trying to actually push the envelope here. Depending on the outcomes of momentous crush of conflicts, pivotal global elections, and geopolitical forces that will create critical moments in a year ahead. I don't think he's actually underselling it in this case, even though he's a, a writer that is trying to put some atmospherics into you. The fateful White House race will again put democracy on the line in the United States. We keep hearing that term. Every time you hear democracy, you know that these people are totalitarians. They have no interest. They want they want the, the tyranny of the majority, 50% plus one. They're not interested in a representative, democratically elected republic. They don't want that. They don't want the American constitutional republic. Here you go. Now we've gone this way. Donald Trump is far from the only far-right populace having a resurgence. There's a march in that in Europe. What is that? That's Europeans that are getting sick of the BS that's going on in their country. Mentions the war in Ukraine and Gaza, risk of sparking wider reverberations both in Europe and in the Middle East. Economic and political instability have threatened the massive migration flows, fears of recession, and broadening impacts of climate change. Oh my God. The most important issues are overpowered. Democratic governments are struggling to show their voters that they have the answers. Let me just break from that for one second. We've got two wars significantly that are going to deal with two different theaters that could really affect the United States as far as like our allies, 
both in the Middle East, the oil stability, what goes on in Europe, our trading partners there, and the people that we otherwise sort of ideologically support as Western powers. Why? Maybe because you have a Joe Biden who's interested in chicken parmigiana and trying to figure out if he can get enough ice cream before he goes and watches Wapner and turns in at four o'clock in the afternoon. Isn't that possible? Like, does anybody at CNN ever read it and go like, man, these things were not the case in um, 2020, but here we are in 2024 and we're looking at all these wild moments that have just popped up out of nowhere. And they're obviously Donald Trump's fault from four years ago, three years ago. Holy crap. How stupid are these people? To think that you can actually have a job, if you're willing to mouth these talking points, you too could have a job at CNN. All you need to do is be a guy who has a journalism degree and uh, wear a suit for a picture for a headshot, and you also could be doing that. There's a couple pieces I'm going to highlight on here. All right. The Republican frontrunner, this is talking about the uh, the presidential election and dealing with Donald Trump. This is the scary thing. Second paragraph. The Republican frontrunner vows to use the authority of the president to to wreak retribution. They use that in air quotes on his enemies, and gut bureaucracy to make the government an instrument of his personal power. Imagine thinking that you're going to make the government an instrument of your personal power by gutting the bureaucracy and making it more efficient to do what? Like, less things? Bureaucracies literally grow and eat up power. He's going to gut the bureaucracy? None of these things make sense. Comparisons to Nazis are overblown at this point. But we've just dropped it in there so you can think the word Nazis because we know that you want to hear it. But Trump's rhetoric, including his labeling of political opponents as quote-unquote vermin, and warnings that immigrants will pollute the blood of America. Oh, that's a choice word, isn't it? Do recall 1930s demagoguery and, and augur the potential America's most extreme presidency. Everything about this makes my brain hurt. It's doublespeak. It's uh, saying, you know, it's projection in a very strong way. We've got the images last year already of Biden doing the red speech with his hands up in the air. Do we not? We've heard people call people who believe in uh, Trump Trump's presidency uh, as the only solution is, as being maggots. M-A-G-A, lowercase t. What's the difference between vermin and maggots? Probably nothing. It's dehumanizing language is what we would call it if we were going to look at it objectively. So they're more than happy to have that happen on one side, but they're not willing to say that it happens on both. And they also don't want to recognize that it's far more prevalent and far more aggressive because the people that are in power are the ones that are more dangerous when they do it. Donald Trump's not in power, whether you like it or not. He's not there. Regardless of what any... Q people might tell you and think that uh, he somehow has the double secret, you know, version of uh, commander in chief powers. He doesn't. He's running for office and he's facing jail and then prison. Abroad, Trump is signaling that he ditch Ukraine to cozy up to autocrats like Putin, of course, and advance his uh, and his advances could even endanger NATO, which, by the way, why in the hell do we have NATO? What is the purpose of NATO? Oh, to stop the Soviet Union, to stop the aggression of the Soviet Union into Western Europe. Does anyone remember when the Soviet Union went away? Some of you probably weren't even born and there was no Soviet Union in your lifetime. It didn't even exist. Why do we still have a NATO? Because there's a lot of money, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of military equipment. Because there's a Nikki Haley type in the world who want to see it continue and the United States to continue to support it. I think Trump did the best thing with NATO, which is that he said, pay your fair share or we're out, which is the right answer. So there's a lot of good things that can come from that. Their fear is that the larger and more collective global things that are, that are interconnecting the United States economies and the Western Europeans, like under what circumstances do the United States have to choose that Russia is an enemy? Imagine if you stop treating Russia like an enemy in the same ways. You know that it's a possible threat, that it has some ideas that are not going to be uh, very useful to Americans. But at the same time, like everybody that I knew that worked the quote unquote Russian threat in Washington, D.C., which is the base of operations, the same people that actually raided Miralago, by the way, the Russian espionage squad, 
those people would pretty much say that Russia as a power in the in the world is massively overpunching for its weight class. And it is is thought of far more aggressively because of its Cold War predecessor than it is actually capable of doing today. China is a far bigger threat and should be, you know, the unhinged nature of North Korea, which only had one squad working on it. Uh, like that's actually a bigger threat, in my opinion. Why? Because they, who knows what they're going to do? Like they're not, they're cut off from the, the the world economy. They've been backed into a corner where the, anything they do is sort of like has minimal repercussions. Their people are already starved to death. What the hell do they care? There's another little piece in here that I think is a, a worth looking at. So let's do it again. Um, more Washington chaos is guaranteed. Well, if it's guaranteed, I guess we just deal with it. America's deepening struggle to govern itself will be highlighted as soon as this month in a major showdown over immigration policy, sending assistance to Ukraine and Israel and the basic functions of fend funding the federal operations. The drama could shut down the government, constrain the abilities, the country's ability to wield power and influence on the global stage. Um, Hey, guys, remember, I'm the no one for speaker guy. That's what I want. If our government does less, we win. If we paid the $10 million a month in congressional salaries and congressional aid salaries and they pass no bills, we're actually better off. We save money that way. We would save money spending the $10 million maintenance of their salaries than allowing them to do the jobs of sending billions of dollars and you know running up our debt trillions more. The government's not supposed to do much. It's the whole point. And none of these people have any other function other than pumping government money into things. All they're doing is eroding your currency. Your net worth is going down even as it goes up because of the inflation, because they keep spending like drunken sailors, as one of my friends likes to say. It's gross. But CNN is very, very worried they might turn off the spigot. This, this Congress is not going to be functional. Who cares? I mean, the answer should be yes. Thank God. There was a uh, like a call out on CNN. I think we talked about it here. But it was like, this is the least productive Congress on, on, on record. Good. Great. Thank God. Now start repealing things. You want to be productive? Move backwards. Advance in the opposite direction, please, folks. Last little thing they want to encourage you to let you know at the end of this particular article. They talk about the Middle East. They talk about Ukraine a little bit more. Uh, they talk about this, though. Voters can change the world. Hundreds of millions of people outside the U.S. will go to the polls this year. But paradoxically, elections across the globe could less demonstrate democracy's robust health than its increasing peril. Blah, 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 blah. All these people are worried about nationalism. They're, they're hating the idea that people are rejecting globalism. That's what's going on. They're hating the idea that maybe people want to independently and inside their own country solve their own problems and operate as actors that handle things at home first and everywhere else second, which is the way the United States should look at it. It's the way my Catholic vote friends say, right? It's God, family, country. And then I didn't hear other countries in that list. Most of us don't feel real strongly about that, nor do we care that much. Worth noting, that's what these people are most scared of. That is what they are most worried about. It's pretty wild. Um, I don't want to leave you on a negative note on the first day of the year. So as you prepare yourself, as you get yourself squared away with all the uh, sort of um, survival gears and you start looking like, hey, what's my budget going to be? Am I going to buy ammo? Am I going to buy gold? Am I going to buy all these other things? Okay. Also, prepare your physical fitness. Don't be a dad bod, but also this is fun. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this video. It's actually fairly long, but it's worth watching. If you're not watching on the Rumble channel, you are missing out on something quite good. Uh, it's better than just the audio. The visual is pretty good. These guys remind me of like a lonely island. So uh, the dad life, if you guys are about it, 2024 dad life. If you're just going to be a new dad, congratulations to you as you enter this great fraternity. Fundamentally. That's not the right fraternity. What was that? The dad life is actually number five. <laughs> Hold on one second here. Check me. 
Still rocking the docks, tall socks and crocs. Got some gray in the go, call me Silver Fox. Got that ornamental turtle, stakes on the weather. Ten years later, looking better than ever. I'm a middle class hustler. When it comes to saving money, I'm a buster. Keep an iron grip on that thermostat. When we leave the house, I'ma crank it up to 80. I don't spend a dime on those name brands. Spent the last 10 years in the same pants. Got that meal plan. You know I'm saving the bunch. Brown bagging for the fam every day for lunch. Eat up. I turn a honeydew list into honey done. I can flip a half bath in a half day, son. I'm in the zone. I'm on my grind. And I only had to use YouTube four times. Dad life, dad life, button down plaid life. What you know about that burger flipping dad life? Telling jokes, diet cokes. It ain't a bad life. It's a dad life. I may be new to the game, but I'm rolling in smooth. Anything is possible. New dad attitude. Crib locked down like it's Fort Knox, baby proof. And you know that food, non-GMO. That's the truth. Pass on the Mickey D. Nope. Not gonna give them the mac and cheese. Uh -huh. Not gonna give them a sugar drink. Pass. I only give them that gluten free. Uh -huh. Yes, indeed. Uh -huh. Bye bye, baby gift card. Yeah, I'm swiping that. Stinky baby booty, no sweat. Yeah, I'm wiping that. Got a smartphone, but I don't know how to use it. Text message font size bigger than a Buick. Saw a funny video, I want to send it to you. But I can't figure out how to get it off the YouTube. Roll up to the pool, turning heads. I don't even care if I embarrass my kids. Sunbathing, I'm a feast for the senses. Got my glasses on, transitional lenses. Dad life, dad life, no, you can't get chat life. What you know about that burger flipping dad life? Raising teens, birds and bees. It ain't a bad life, it's a dad life. Hot rods, hot dogs, working on my dad bod. Flexing on the beat in my burger flipping big dogs. Taking naps, CPAPs. It ain't a bad life. It's a dad life. <laughs> Take a nap, CPAPs. What in the hell? All right. Yeah. We started off kind of heavy. Actually, we started off with demonic voice changers and uh, weird uh, audio issues. But I didn't want to end on that because it's the first day of the year. Let's not start in a, a wallowing misery. But you know what the thing about the dad life reminds me? One, dads, go out and do your job, like raise your kids, love them, and uh, don't be afraid to tell them what's right and wrong. That's really a big deal. You guys already know that. But if you're a new dad, don't be afraid. Actually, we had some awesome dad life last night in the uh, Seraphin house out in the front yard. My next door neighbor came over and he's like, bro, I got a bunch of uh, got a bunch of fireworks. Should we set those off? And I'm like, yeah, we should. And then he drops out like and starts bringing out like those mortar shells. And we were shooting right off out of the front yard. And then we had a, you know, a snake and we had sparklers. And uh, I had a, a Roman candle explode in my eye, which is fun. That actually made me not sleep very well. Look, got to do the things that we did when we were kids. If we want our kids to have the same kind of outcomes as we did, there's a reason why we are the way we are. But, you know, we should probably do it like in a tough way. I'm not trying to say be weak. I'm saying go out there and be a hard dad bod life. And uh, get yourself prepared because this is going to be a wild year. We can still have some fun with it. We're going to keep doing that and rocking and rolling on it. It's been a very interesting first year of the Kyle Serafin Show. And uh, we are now on season two, I guess, if you will. Hopefully this one results in better outcomes 
for this country because that's really what I'm here for. I'm, I'm only interested in that. I want to give you guys the tools to go out and play with it. Let me also say, speaking of dad life, can we do that? Uh, can we get the Garrett O'Boyle sweatshop rolling? Kids need to be working hard in the dad life. You got to push those kids to the limit. Get some calluses on their hands at a very young age. The sweatshop is the-dispendables.com. You guys can check out all the merch. I've actually got one of the last hats. I think they're almost sold out if they're not sold out already. we got the hats sitting here. I got basically Garrett O'Boyle has like given me my entire wardrobe. So I don't have to be the dude who's wearing the same pants from 10 years ago or the same shirts. All my stuff is brand new as of the last couple months. And I'm wearing nothing but Suspendables merch, the-suspendables.com. Use my name, Kyle. It's a promo code. It'll save you uh, 10%. And uh, let me just tell you guys, I'm going to be up in New York on January 6th. Going to be speaking to try to raise some money for the, some of the folks that are uh, that are locked away, that are just trying to get their legal bills paid so they can have a fundamentally fair and free America. Um, you guys will see me up there, and you'll see me sporting the Suspendables pins. If we see any video out of there, I'm going to be meeting up with Steve Baker. You guys can get your own Suspendables pins at the merch store. Again, the-suspendables.com the-suspendables.com. It's always in the show notes. You guys can click right through on that. Pretty straightforward and easy. Let's do a five-star review. You guys are the reason this show exists. You guys are the reason why things are fun the way they are. Let's pop it up. There it is. Uh, today's review comes from T. Gambogi, written last week, uh, two weeks ago, rather. Friendly Friday, December 8th. I want the t-shirt, quote, nobody trusts the FBI, but FISA judges do. It's going to be a little bit more sophisticated than that, T. Gamboni. It's going to be something to that effect. 70% of Americans don't trust the FBI, but 100% of FISA judges do. Maybe we'll get that one set up. It's a good message, and it's true. He said, how do we find out about that Joe Biden on Jeopardy video? I don't know. Some of these videos, I find them. I don't know where they come from. I can't tell you where they are. Go back and watch the show again. You can do a rip on there. I'll tell you where to find a 4K downloader if you need it. All right, folks, we'll see you again tomorrow. I hope you have a good first day of this year. So what is today? The eighth day of Christmas, I think. It's coming up. The Gift of the Magi coming up by the 5th. Celebrate that still. Let's still celebrate that season. And God bless you. We will see you again very soon in tomorrow morning show. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.